0: Hey guys, Nick here, taking a quick break so that I can tell you about Dioli's Italian Market, my family business. We've been located in Winston Salem since 2007, and we've been a vital part of the Wake Forest community for students, athletes, coaches, and faculty, and the Winston Salem community as well. You guys have heard guests come on before. Anyone that's part of the Wake Forest community has raved about my parents' deli, our family deli, and the hype is real. It wouldn't be if we've been here this long. So I got a deal for you. If you come into the deli and you recognize me and you say, hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast, or I've listened to you guys before and I love what you're doing, I will give you a free sandwich card with any purchase you make in the store. So you come in, talk about the podcast with me a little bit you purchase something, I'll give you a sandwich card that has all 10 stamps. And then your ne- the next time you come in, your sandwich is on me. So that's all you got to do. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting a small family business that's been part of the Winston-Salem community for all these years. Thank you for listening to the show. And we are coming right back to you.
1: Welcome back. The Just Means Last ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Hopefully you listened to our show with Grayson that we recorded in the last half an hour, but obviously it was released a day after this is being posted. So hopefully you've listened. If you haven't, what are you doing? We talk about the downfall of NC State men's basketball. We talk about uh, why North Carolina barbecue is the best and we have to talk about NC State baseball and, and why we think this could be a very fun season for the pack. But it's time, gentlemen. Baseball is back. Uh, I don't know, Grayson, I can't remember where you are. I'm assuming you're in North Carolina, but I'm not sure where you are. I am right in North Carolina. Carolina, yes. And obviously Nixon, Winston. I'm in Tennessee. Uh, the weather outside is not making me feel like it's baseball season. I don't know what it is for you all, but it's been rainy in about 45 here, So it's kind of just, I guess it kind of reminds me of baseball because that is the most February baseball weather of all time. But obviously, I wish it was a little bit warmer and nicer. But I don't know about you, gentlemen, but uh, I am as much as I love basketball, I am. And, and by I say that facetiously because Nick knows I'm not a huge basketball person. But uh, I am so, so excited for opening day on Saturday or excuse me, on Friday, on Friday.
2: It's, it's about that time. It, it feels a little bit like nearly Christmas for college baseball fans. And this, this time of the year is so exciting, not just for college baseball, but, you know, soon after college baseball starts, then you have March Madness. And then college baseball really gets the spotlight uh, for the rest of the spring. And so I'm, I'm more than ready to get ready to go. You know, ACC baseball is, I'd argue close to as good as SCC baseball. If any SCC baseball fans are listening to this, feel free to yell at me about it. I'll, I'll stand on business there, but ACC baseball, what a beautiful time of the year. I can't wait to get going on a Friday.
1: Nick, you know, you're a lot of this. Pod- I'm going to say Nick, you know, you're a lot of time. I know. I, know. Your podcast. I, I
0: always wait. It's until you, if you want to say something, I always give myself a two second buffer, but uh I'm excited too. I can't wait. Um It's funny. Like today, obviously people know that I'm a Niners fan. I'm just like, I, I can't get excited about college baseball right now, but you guys are already, like, we just recorded, and I'm already, like, getting excited for NC State baseball, obviously. And I'm going to Wake's opening day game on um, Friday night against, who are they playing again? I know they have Fordham. the Fordham. Yes, they're playing, they're they're playing, playing Fordham. They play, playing like, playing a the bunch real
1: baseball teams. team from the Bronx, not those guys that wear pinstripes, but the, the real <laughs> right, Bronx right. baseball team. <laughs>
0: Uh, I know Wake plays a bunch of teams this weekend, but uh, yeah, I will be at the 5 o'clock game uh, in Winston. Hopefully, I'll go to the Saturday, Sunday if I can get off of work on time, but uh, you'll if you're going to that game, catch me there. Uh, my whole family's going. We're very, very excited. The Wake guys have treated us very, very well the last few years, so we got season tickets this year. Um, I can't wait to see what they bring to the table, but um, yeah. I can't believe I'm going to a college baseball game. Still feels like yesterday, Micah, we were in Omaha. Uh, How quickly a year, well, not a year, but like the last, you know, eight months have just flown by. So uh, I can't wait to get started.
1: If you're not coming to opening day at etsu we host the lafayette leopards at 3 p.m nick i'm just saying i'm a little disappointed. that's very out. tempting they're i really am d- considering making
0: out. that three-hour drive through the appalachian mountains
1: i will say the lafayette leopards uniforms i don't know if you guys saw that they were on Uniswag a couple days ago those things are super clean they have like a black hat where it's like like a neon like maroon like silhouette of their leopard on their hat and like I almost like slid into the DMS of their, of their baseball ops guy. Like, okay, I'm a size seven and a half, you know, we can do a hat for a hat if you're down and I me, mean, our hats aren't as cool, but I mean, hat for a hat who says no, but um, yeah, I'm definitely excited. Uh, I'm not excited to be clipping walk-up songs, pretty much spending my whole Wednesday doing that. Um, Cause you know, that's of course part of the other duties as assigned when you work in, in college athletics, but um, I am so excited for opening weekend uh, I'm obviously repping my Virginia hat. And our opening series comes with basically the expectation of if we don't sweep, I'm going to be very angry because we're not really, we're playing Hofstra. So, you know, NC State's got a little bit more of a challenge um, with VCU coming to town. I kind of wish you guys had to go play at that giant minor league park that VCU calls home, the Diamond, where the Flying Squirrels also call home, just so you can experience what Virginia has to do in a midweek every single year. Because that place is, I mean, it is a monstrosity of a minor league park if I've ever seen one. So, but obviously really excited for opening day. Um, you know, Grayson, quickly, because I'm sure our listeners, you know, hopefully they, they have checked into the College Baseball Central previews. But um, I got to ask you quickly, I'm putting you on the spot, didn't tell you I was going to do this. So you might not know it off the top of your head. So if you need to come back to it, we can but Nick and I predicted how many AC teams we think are going to go to the tournament. Obviously you got to lock in your answer now. So that way we can look back on it in May and be like, well, clearly he, he knows ball. What are you thinking for the ACC this year? How, how many field of 64 teams we get in? Cause I, I locked in with eight, Nick locked in with nine with the potential of 10. I'll give him the cheat of being able to say nine to 10, but you <laughs> know, where, where's your, where's your brain at?
2: Man let's see this is on the spot no no notes or i guess maybe minimal notes i feel like i can't use one of you guys answers i'll go no, you can't
1: no you absolutely can because like i think the over under if i had to guess we would put it eight and a half if i would have I, to yeah guess. that's exactly yeah. what I'm so like, i, I so Seven like...
2: felt low Ten felt high ah i'm gonna sit on eight i think eight's the number
0: do you um, have the teams that you think are going to be in? Like, whoa. do you have like a surprise team that's not going to like make it, or do you have like a team that didn't make it last year that will make it this year?
1: Because like, because you're because you're on the CBC group chat, you know. I, yeah. I, I want to disown Monty because as a Virginia guy, the fact <laughs> he's putting Virginia Tech in is making me upset. Because yes, I think that ball club has the potential, but to make that is like his hot take kind of thing in the ACC. I kind of want to be like, what side are you actually on? um here but you know like I I mean I will say it's a pretty spicy take of like the the nine teams to get it not saying the Virginia Tech can't be that ninth team but you know Florida State Louisville Miami like those teams I think have more of a conversation and there's argument that Georgia Tech might even have more returning to where you know you're relying a team to click to be that last spot so I think you could even say Georgia Tech has a better shot than Virginia Tech
2: Yeah, Georgia Tech is interesting. I think they've accumulated some pieces. Of course, they took uh, NC State shortstop from last year and Peyton Green, so I'm, I'm sure I'll be at least noticing what he does down in Atlanta. Georgia Tech's an interesting one, but I keep gravitating back to Florida State. And I think the world of Link Jarrett, I think he is one hell of a ball coach. And, you know, going in year one last year, inheriting a little bit of a mess down there in Tallahassee, the expectations were understandably low. I don't think you're going to keep Link Jarrett out of the tournament for too long, though, and I think you could see him as soon as this year. So I, I guess as a spicy take, I'm going to go with the Seminoles. I think Florida State could could find themselves back in the dance. That's exactly yeah, I think, what I said. Too. Yeah, I think,
1: I think yeah. Nick and I both you're have very- him back in there. Yeah, I think, I mean, it just makes too much sense. I mean, the talent is there. I mean, it's not like this, yeah. this roster is not loaded. I think last year was the perfect storm. They caught a little bit of an injury bug. They,
2: yeah.
1: you know, new coach, um, not to say that Link Jarrett, you know, is not a quality manager, but different different style, right, than, than, than obviously rest in peace Coach Martin, you know, and, and what, yeah. he, what he had, you know, at Florida State. And I think there was just a lot of pressure, too, on that program that, like, you know, Obviously, it's sad to see a run like that. You know, was It was a 30, 40. I can't keep track of how many consecutive years it was in the NCAA tournament. Right. But, you know, it might not be the worst thing. You know what I mean? Now it's time to wipe the slate clean. You know, you're starting new. Now it's Link Jarrett's team. It's his alma mater. Yep. The, you know he's going to do everything. Like, you know, this might be a crazy take. This is a long-term take. Link Jarrett might be Harbaugh. You know, a, a college baseball Harbaugh. Like obviously, I could see it. like you know, it's gonna take a couple years. You might have a year or two where you're like, he might, he might be gone. Like either, you know, obviously, I don't think the MLB, it's not, you know, it's not the same, you know, obviously, as NFL yep. coaching college coaches as MLB would be for for that. But you know, there might be a year where you're like, wow, they've they've been knocked out of regional play two straight years in a row. Is it time to start talking about a new coach? Because this is not Florida State baseball, you know, as we knew yep. it under Coach Martin. And you know, then he all of a sudden takes him to Omaha, and then the next year takes him to the semifinals, and then the next year wins the whole thing. Like, I, I kind of yeah. just get that feeling. I was, I was, you know, in Omaha for the Notre Dame run with him, and you know, it was you could just tell. Like, it sounds awful because I don't want to slander Notre Dame, but they were playing above what you think Notre Dame baseball is. Let's just yeah. be transparent. I mean, but yeah, but I, I think
2: that's a testament to Link Jarrett and Oh, you know, absolutely. Is a program and Link Jarrett is a coach. You're not going to keep them down for too long. You're just the, the, yeah. The college baseball as a whole is just better when Florida State is good, and I think mm-hmm. that comes from the years of consistency that we grew up on with Mike Martin at the helm. But I think Link Jarrett could very quickly turn that around down there.
1: And just just don't say you want them in Omaha or Wake Forest fans will come after you.
2: Oh no no no! I'm not. I have
1: to I, I have to get that in every podcast. I and know it's, it's like so I can't believe I can't believe you got that in. So, That's so Wake Forest alumni's Twitter account, Grayson lives rent free in my head because last year when we were in Omaha, I all I tweeted was that I wish Clemson or Florida State was here. That's all I said. I didn't say anything about like swapping them out with Wake or swapping. Like yeah. honestly, it could have been. It was more of a slander at Virginia because Nick and I both like Nick will will vouch for me when I say that Wake Forest. Was way more of oppressive turnout than Virginia. I mean, Virginia. Like Nick and I were sitting in the Virginia section, and it was like ten other Virginia fans sitting next to us. Oh, uh, like okay. Minus so you a- mean in
2: terms of like fan turnout?
1: Correct. Yeah. Like all I was like, okay. all I was saying was, you walk around Omaha, and it's SEC everywhere, you know. And like again, sure. you had Mississippi State fans that make the trip every year. You have Ole Miss fans that make the trip yep. every year. Just because, like Arkansas, you know, they just go just to go. So like it became like you know every like. When Florida was playing Virginia, unless you were like a Virginia fan or some of the Tennessee fans, obviously were, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) but everybody else in that ballpark was cheering for the Gators. It was plain and simple. But if Clemson was there or if Florida State was there, well, if Florida State was there, they'd especially be cheering for Virginia. But yeah, no, I certainly
2: follow the the mindset there. I I think maybe it's just uh, you're a victim of unfortunate timing. (laughs)
1: I, I think we were just salty because how much content and how much like we were there as like guests of the wake forest team like we had yeah. been hyping up wake forest and it was like the one time i say something that doesn't even take a shot at wake and they're like calling us fake and i'm just sitting there like <laughs> i i wanted to clap back because i have actually have wake forest football scene tickets because i was living in winston-salem during covid and my brother still lives out that way so i give them to him i'm like wow for being a fake fan i'm like one of like 100 accounts you guys might have on a regular basis that, that has been right. around for six years you know even when you were bad but anyways besides the point clearly still salty rent-free in my head but <laughs> you know let's obviously jump right into it we just talked to nc state so it's fresh on the brain i've got two nc state guys on here um you're hosting vcu a team that they're always a feisty group but i mean let's there just are. be real they're uh middle to like, you know, they're top four, top five in the A-10, but when you say top four, top five, we're not talking about basketball, right? Like the A-10 in basketball is clearly a different animal than college baseball. You know, really the only player of note to me with VCU that I, I could see being a real threat to this team, you know, and that will be fun to watch is Brandon Elki or Ikey, excuse me. Um, you know, who, who had a six ten slugging last year, he led the A-10 in RBIs with 71, but I mean, this is a team with a lot of unknown pitching. I mean, this is – with how NC State's schedule is, which we talked about in our last show, you know, this has got to be one of those – you, you, you got to sweep. Like, I, I don't want to put too much pressure on an early series, but, you know, obviously NC State started 13-0 and last year. You know, you just yeah. – you need this momentum. You, you can't afford a, an early season letdown to a team that you're clearly superior to.
2: Yeah, and NC State's kind of known for getting off to a hot start. There's been several teams that'll they'll win their first 12, 13, 14 games. And you know, this squad here in 2024, 20, like we talked about in the last uh podcast, there's a lot of young, unproven talent. Might be a little bit of a slow burn early, but I, I do think that they have more than enough talent that they need to uh to sweep the Rams. <laughs>
0: I guess that's my cue now. <laughs> I gotta get used to that. Uh, I agree, Grayson. Um, I think e- even when you compare the team last year, a lot of unknowns. It's kind of a clean slate. A lot of young guys. They they had the hot start, starting off thirteen and zero last year. I think it was twenty nineteen. They were like twenty one and zero. They had like something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that was, was like the. Was that the last year, Patrick Bailey? And It uh, was. So funny
2: enough, I actually just uh, posted a video of this because I'm doing like a daily countdown till uh, NC State baseball. It was 2019, and I think they were like, they won their first 19 or 20 games, and they yeah. finally lost one. They, they had uh, number one at the time, Florida State, talk about what they right. used to be. They came to Raleigh, and we took the first two games from them, and I think NC State actually then bumped up to number one in the country, uh, after that series. And yeah. So it right. speaks to the consistency of those early hot starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me being a San Francisco giants
0: fan, I'm very, very happy. Patrick Bailey's, um, Oh yeah. You know, right future there. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. I, I hope we sign him to a long-term deal and he's like kind of the corner, like kind of like a Buster Posey piece, a cornerstone to that organization for years to come. So that'd be really great. But um anyways yeah like state has been known to start off really hot remain undefeated at least through the first month of the season or uh three weeks uh i'm not really too worried about vcu i think uh the talent is there there's a lot of experience on the mound this year something that we're not really used to like you said last podcast it's the hitting We'll always have it, but the pitching has been very hyped up this year. So oh, yeah. uh, I can see – I definitely see a sweep this
1: weekend. Well, gentlemen, do you know what happens if if NC State
2: sweeps? <laughs> They'll call us homers. They always do.
1: No, 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 no. That would mean that our, our man, Coach Events, has won 1,000 games. Oh, that's He's right. That's he right. 998 wins. So I mean, obviously you can you could technically win two of three and you get there, but where's the where's the flair for the dramatic there? You gotta get the brooms out, celebrate one, one oh one oh oh one, you know, it just looks way better. Um obviously there's hopefully way more to come. But uh I guess the question here, because you guys would know this because I'm generally curious. Is is Highfield going to step into Saturday then, or will Van Dam step into Saturday? You think? Where do you? I just are we just going to shift up? Because kind of felt like Van Dam was going to be that midweek guy, but obviously with the you know the recent news, um, you know, what, do, is it just going to be Highfield Saturday? What are you guys hearing over in Raleigh?
2: From what I've heard, I think you'll probably see some early season platooning. You'll see a lot of mixing and matching, but I think when when the dust settles, probably once you get into ACC play. I think Haifield will be a starter, but I think Van Dam's going to be the Saturday guy. And Shane Van Dam will be a name to know for Wolfpack fans listening to this. And for a guy to to transfer in from a D3 school, but he's throwing mid 90s, no idea how you end up at Suny Cortland throwing 95, but we're we'll certainly take him here uh in the red and white, but I think Van Dam will probably be the Saturday guy. You might see Haifield as the Sunday guy, but I think there's the the situation, of course, is still very fluid at this point. Are we Grayson? Are we seeing Dom
0: Frinton Friday night? Or I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. If we don't see him there, then then I'm I'm lost on how I think this rotation plays out. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like he, those guys are the would... clear three now that we yeah. obviously have the 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 injury. You know, it just makes the most sense to me again. I don't, I don't, I don't coach ball. So I'm not gonna feel like I know it better than anyone. You know, I don't, I have zero wins compared to 998 career wins. So I'm not going to tell him how to do his rotation, but just from the outsider's perspective, it seems pretty clear that those are your three at this time. Um, And obviously we'll get to see some, some big transfers, see how they step up. Um, You know, and again, this is a, this is a chance to just build some hype. You know, obviously, you know, again, I will talk Virginia Hostra later. I, I kind of like the opening series where you kind of get your feet wet, um, unlike where we're about to go now, which is Duke and the and Chicken Classic, or I think it's the ball at the beach. But kicking Chicken Classic just sounds so much
2: better. I don't know, man. I think you got to really um, run with that. you uh, got to start promoting that everywhere. My, It'll catch my, on, I
1: think. My guy Hayden at 5th Quarter Coastal Carolina, I'll just keep hammering it to him every time I talk Absolutely. to him. Like, Hey, he's going to be there. Hey, man, how, how's the and Chicken Classic? By the way, try saying that three times fast. I know I can't. Um, but you know, I mean, this is the best series of the, or best, whatever you want to call it of the weekend in the ACC. I don't think there's really a competition if I'm being honest, because we're really going to learn a lot about Duke right away. I mean, they've got Indiana at 11am, which by the way, I, I understand it because I work in a small school and it's, it is, for those of you that don't know these ESPN plus broadcasts are normally done by students and a department of like three people, especially when it comes to baseball. Like, you know, you're not getting the ESPN production truck that's putting on the end or the Wake Forest Duke men's basketball game tonight, you know, where they can kind of, you know, cover every game. But I will say, I am very bummed that it seems at this point in time that unless you are playing coastal Carolina in the kitchen Classic. You're not going to see them. So this Duke-Indiana game, I do not believe is being broadcasted, which is really devastating because obviously it was 11 a.m. It's the first game of college baseball of the entire season, and it is a banger. But, again, I respect Coastal for not necessarily broadcasting it because if you broadcast that one, then you're kind of sending a message to George Mason and Duke and George Mason, Indiana, that, hey, George Mason, you're actually irrelevant as heck. So just stick with the Coastal games. Fair. But I obviously am, am devastated because I, for the longest time, didn't even think about that being an option. And I was like, man, I can't wait to not be productive at work before our our, our home opener at ETSU, where I'm watching Duke and and um, and Indiana go head to head. And it's like, well, our good old stats broadcast and I are going to have a hot date, I guess. But you know, obviously, Duke has not the best one, two, three punch in the ACC, but pretty like if Wake Forest doesn't exist with arguably one of the best rotations we've ever seen in college baseball from a name standpoint you know this would be a up there and it's still probably a top three rotation and at least top five right and in then in the game with Santucci, Healy, and, and O'Shell. but you know there's a lot of things to see I'm excited to see freshman Kyle Johnson in his debut um, he's obviously getting a lot of hype a lot of people have him as freshman of the year in the conference but you know when we talk to these opponents, I mean, Indiana pitching is going to be a question mark. You know, I was actually getting, I didn't know, this is awful, but I didn't know Indiana had baseball fans. They were one of the more active people on my, uh, my bracketology post today. Uh, they were a little upset about my big 10 slander. I didn't call them a mid-major like Jake does, but, Jake. <laughs> I, but I, but I basically said they're a mid-major with only two teams in and then three bubble teams. Um, but you know, they have a lot of pitching question marks. I mean, probably going to see Braden risendorf here as the starter is my guess he had a 447 era last year but i mean again going against santucci I, I i think the better pitcher is i think duke's gonna have the better pitcher in every matchup this weekend it's yeah. well, and we talked about it uh, Where's the duke one was it combined with nc state or was it unc and nc state that were combined yeah it was
2: duke and nc state so, so yeah I kept, i'm sure you guys I talked about it we don't know eight. what we're gonna yeah you don't know what you're gonna get
1: with the duke bats right like yeah so like yeah, you can kind of go into it, what you guys talked about, but I mean, we're going to learn a lot this weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think similar to NC State, Duke also has a lot of young, maybe unproven talent, both from freshmen and transfers, but they're another team that seems to be loaded uh, with arms, both the starting rotation and in their bullpen. So I think just purely purely on the, on the arms side of things, I think Duke certainly has the talent to, I don't want to say run through, the kick and chicken classic. I'm so running with that. I will, I will help you promote that out there. I think that is outstanding, but you know, I I think that matchup uh, that Sunday with coastal, that'll be about prime time college baseball television for the first weekend. Uh, But you know, yeah, I'll, I'll just run through it real quick. The first game, Indiana, I think Duke just has more talent and flat out. I think Duke will take that one. Same goes for George Mason. I think George Mason could be pesky as a mid-major, but again, Duke, they should have the talent to take care of business. That Coastal matchup, that I will be tuning in for that one. Absolutely. That could go either way. I My gut says Coastal, but I, I won't be surprised if Duke wins that. Uh, Chris Pollard's another guy. Ton of respect for him as a coach. I think he does an excellent job year in and year out. So Duke will be a force to be reckoned with, I think, in the ACC this year.
0: I think Micah hit the nail on the head. Uh, this is the most anticipated three-game matchup or wherever you want to call it. I think Duke is the most anticipated team this weekend. Like, all the eyes, I think, are going to be on Duke with yeah. this uh three-game stretch with Indiana, George Mason, and Coastal. All three tournament teams. Indiana, I want to say, is, you know, top one or two or three in the Big Ten right now, former term- tournament team. Uh George Mason – I. Tournament team, yeah, but barely snuck in. got crushed by Wake in the Winston-Salem Regional. And then, you know, a rematch with Coastal is going to be huge. Um, my gut says right now two out of three for Duke. I think getting wins over Indiana and George Mason. But I think those Coastal kids, I think Duke is living in their head right now. I think they're out for revenge. I don't think they care how early it is. Uh, Coastal's year in year out with talent uh, not to say Duke isn't Duke is right there um, in the top 15 of college baseball and they reload everywhere. But um, I think the atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, my eyes will be on it, but at the moment I'll stick with Duke taking two out of three this weekend.
1: Typical NC state guys got to go two out of three with these guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you boys, I'm more concerned about the Indiana game than I am the coastal game for Duke. I can see I, that. So, Cole, so, again, we don't know. It's too early in the year, right, to know. And we don't live, you know, college baseball is not major league baseball. I'm, you know, you can't log into an app and see who's starting, right? Like, teams yeah. aren't telling you until the game up. I mean, it's the whole reason why the Alabama betting scandal is such a big deal, right? Um, you know, but right now, it's kind of looking like Trevor Hinkle is going to be the starter for Coleslaw on that Sunday. He had an 8.83 ERA at Cal State Fullerton last year. And I'm not trying to slander Coastal Carolina's pitching development, but let's be real, that's not a program known for pitching. They are yeah. hitting – like we talked about it with the NC State pod, right? They always hit. Well, Coastal Carolina always hits. Yeah. And, yeah, they've got a great lineup. I love Zach Beach. I love Caden Bodine. I think they've got a, a hidden gem from Scranton and Corey zintech Zin, Zin Zintek, I don't want to – Maybe first one to man. I don't know how to say his name correctly, but he you know, hit four Oh five last year at Scranton, which again, lower level, but hitting four Oh five at any level of college baseball is pretty darn impressive when you play 50 plus games like he did. But you know, I just, I don't trust Coastal's pitching. I, I last year went to Coastal Sunday game against Southern Miss and they lost that game and Southern Miss just pounded them. It was like a 12, eight game. It was just, you know, you could just see the pitching depth for Coastal wasn't there. And with it being so early I don't know if we have that. And I think if O'Shell's throwing, I mean, I don't think is going to bat him around. I mean, they might, they're going to score some, right? The, the Coastal, you don't see them get blanked. But I just, I, I think this Duke lineup is going to get more respect. And Coastal kind of let last year let teams that played small ball kind of have some success because they kind of just throw strikes. They don't really have get you out kind of stuff to where, you just dink and dunk them for runs. I mean, that's how that's how Duke won the regional last year in Conway. So, I, I really like Duke, too. Or if they can get past IU, which, again, I think Santushi might not really, – will throw a, a complete game, right? But, you know, I think he could go six or seven with one run ball. And at Indiana's got some question marks, you know, on their pitching side to where I just – I I like Duke getting out to a 3-0 lead. I I also think, I mean, I have Duke winning the Coastal. This is coming from a Virginia fan. I really am high on Duke. So call me a little crazy. I just, I think if Coastal and Duke was game one, I'd ride with you guys. I, I think I would just because the, the revenge factor, you know, it's Rod Gilmore's last year. You know, it's, it's a big, big ordeal. Coastal takes this tournament obviously very seriously, but with it being the last game of the series and, if Coastal has any struggles with IU or George Mason pitching-wise on the first two, they're not going to have the depth to hang with Duke. I, I mean, Duke's bullpen is loaded, too. It's not like, we you know, we just have a one, two, three punch in the rotation. I mean, this is top to bottom. I mean, Nick and I have talked about it before. This might be the top to bottom best pitching staff in the ACC. It really might. It's, be uh, top to Monty. Bottom.
2: Monty the other night said that Duke's pitching staff is deeper than Wake Forest that I was like I don't know if I can follow you there but I see the vision if
1: if if Wake Forest develops the way they do then they're probably better than Duke but yeah. what we know currently I think you can I think Monty's takes not incorrect so okay. it's kind of like do you want to believe in the pitching lab and Corey Muscar probably right yeah. like he, <laughs> he's he's gonna do a, a damn good job and he makes a good choice in burritos right Nick but you know yeah. at the same time like you just don't you don't know, you know, who yet is gonna step up for Wake, like who's gonna be that that Seth Keener from last year, which it's right. probably coming. We just don't know who specifically it is. When we had Corey on Grayson, he kind of gave us a list of names of guys he thinks that could do it, but even he was like, who knows? Like, yeah. we know we have the ability, but we don't know who it's gonna be yet. Yeah. So we're obviously with Duke, we kind of know who the guys are. So very excited for this one. Moving on to another really fun three game round robin thing, I guess, whatever we want to call it, with Louisville heading down to Tampa, being hosted by USF, which again, not South Florida, but I digress. Um, you know, Indiana State on Friday, obviously a team that should have hosted a super regional, but good for them for their morals and the YMCA. I mean, that is one of those things where. I just feel so bad. again, as someone that works at a small school, school, the fact that you could have had a super regional there again—they did the right thing. I want to make yeah. sure, make sure that's very clear. But it is very devastating, and like—and good for TCU—they were very respectful. They donated a ton to ISU. They were, you know, they were great to to how they treated that Sycamore ball club. I guess I don't know how accurate all this is, but I heard Romans—they put them in some of the nicest hotels and like they'd catered the exact same way they would for their ball club for IS like they treated them like, not like they were the home team, but as close as they could, right. Without having the actual crowd around them. But, you know, obviously they, they did lose a decent amount though. So it'll be interesting to see what we see from them. South Florida is a scrappy group out of the AAC and UConn, obviously. Well, depending on who you talk to, it's either a top 25 team or, you know, fringe top 25 team out of the Big yeah. East. So, you know, they're obviously not going to have a, a, an easy cakewalk. Again, similar to the Coastal Carolina, unless they are playing South Florida, you will not be able to find these games on ESPN Plus, which as someone that is a huge Carson Liggett fan, I am very sad to know that yeah. Well, if he starts Saturday, then I will get to see him. But if not, then obviously we'll get to kind of find out what we get. But obviously you know, I was excited to see the the, the Sebastian gone. I cannot say it right. It's been told to me twenty times. Going Roye. I don't know. Man, I'm not botching that. I'm not even gonna try. But the right state transfer, you know, obviously, there's gonna be the Friday guy. W- Bummed to not be able to watch that live. So we'll obviously, be following some more stats. But what are we thinking for this Louisville team again? I am. I don't know your stance on this one, but you know, Grayson. But I know Nick and I aren't necessarily eye to eye on Louisville. I have a man crush on this Louisville program where Nick is kind of like they're good, but like he thinks Florida state's got more potential than Louisville where I am on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I would take Louisville over Florida state any day of the week at this point. A, where do you stand on that? But B, you know, just going into this series, kind of what do you think?
2: Uh, we can I, I also think that Florida state will probably outperform Louisville, but in that same sense, Louisville is another program where you're not going to keep them down for very long. And so they did struggle last year. I expect some of those wrongs to be righted. They got an interesting three-game slate here to start their season off, like you mentioned, Indiana State, USF, and then UConn. I see a world where they go one and two in these games. Indiana State's going to be a scrappy bunch. Of course, they lost a lot off of that team that should have hosted uh, a Super, like you talked about, Micah. That I mean, like yes, it was the correct decision. They, they made the right choice, but you talk about... The most unfortunate timing scenario I think maybe ever, ever just that sucks. But Indiana state, man, that that's, a, that's a very interesting first game out the gate. I'm, I'm going to lean Louisville just because of how much Indiana state lost South Florida. I'm going to lean Louisville. I'll just go chalk there. Yukon though. That's an interesting, they got the early bird special on Sunday a 9am game in the opening weekend. That's, that's a tough one. I mean, I guess a little bit different because it's a neutral site. Of course, they're down there in Tampa. That's another one where if I can get myself out of bed that early, I'll, I'll be tuning into that one one way or another. I'll go Louisville in this one, but I, I won't be surprised if UConn sneaks up on them.
1: You're going with the Louisville 3-0 and start. Okay. I am. Okay. Nick, you? I'm
0: I'm going to join you, Grayson. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's shocking. I know. I know because I keep saying that Florida State can turn around faster than Louisville, but Grayson brings up some good points. Indiana State loses a lot of guys. Um, I just think Louisville last year just – I don't know what happened to them. I think they just ran into a wall where they – one point they're number two in the country. Uh, They play Wake. uh, It's a top-10 matchup, and Wake takes the series. And then, like I've said a billion times, I think Duke – in that series last year broke them. Uh game winning grand slam, game winning home run, uh broke them and they never found their feet again, like the ground under them again. Um but Micah's got me convinced about Carson Leggett. Like I think he's gonna be top three pitcher in this conference. Yeah. Uh the bats are going to be alive and well again. You can't keep this team down. It's a great, great, great like slate of teams to start off with, like it's going to be a challenge for Louisville. I don't think they're going to cakewalk through this. I think they have to come out and prove something. I think they can do it. I think they need to, this team's. Re- we, we talked to the third and central pod, uh Micah last week, and they're, they're itching to get back and uh, prove everybody, prove to everybody that, um, that they're ready to go and that they can make a run and that, you know, maybe, Super Regionals is in their sights right now. Um, I think they're ready for it. Uh, give me them a, onto a hot start 3-0. and
1: Maybe I'm not as much of a Louisville homer as I thought. This is crazy. I was not expecting it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was like, I thought I was going to be coming out with the hot take of them going 2-1. and one. I think, and this this might be cheating, right? Like I'm playing an odds game here. I think they're going to lose one if you ask me to pick which one I guess UConn probably is the I, cut, I right? would agree yeah but yeah but I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys USF's going to want to send a statement right this is their home tournament the AAC is kind of minus ECU right and and Charlotte's kind of right there but after that I mean it's kind of a smorgasbord of who knows I mean for goodness sakes, Tulane was, what, 25 games on 500 and wins the conference yeah. tournament last year. They have the preseason player of the year this year, and they're predicted 10th out of 11 teams. I mean, it's crazy. But, like, USF returns eight of their nine position players from last year that played 35 games or more. I mean, that's they're going to be, like, in terms of, like, that early season stability. They have probably the most of any of the teams here. They're playing in their home ballpark. Now, their ERA last year as a team was abysmal. It was like six-something, six – I have it somewhere in my notes. But you you don't really know what you're going to get. You know, last year they you know, were kind of led by a pretty good defense. Eric Snow did a great job at 30. He saved nine runs, which is kind of unheard of, especially at that level, you know, from a defensive standout standpoint. But I think I'm most intrigued, too, just, again, because you don't know how these teams are going to attack. You know, early year it's always like a – you know, by committee, how we want to figure out this rotation because, you know, based off how the schedule plays out, I mean, does UConn want to throw preseason pitcher of the year, Steven Quigley, in game one against USF? Do they want to save him for Louisville on day three? Do you want to, you know, like on Louisville's front, do you do you want to have Patrick Forbes, your probably projected Sunday starter, to be your guy in this situation? against UConn or do you want to save Carson Liggett for that instead of throwing them Saturday against USF? I just, you know, cause it's so early in the year, you think, you know, the rotation, but there really is no set rotation. And I don't blame teams early in the year for breaking a rotation because there really isn't a set one per se. So I think they're going to lose one. Again, I'll lean the UConn game, but I really do think that this is just there's the, the odds, you know, like they're, they're probably like a 55% chance against ISU and a 53% chance against UConn and a 65% chance against, you know, UConn. Then you take the odds and combine them all together to get the odds to sweep. And it's below 50%. So I'm just, right. I'm just going to ride with that. And again, I don't, I still think Louisville has a better, you know, chance of being better than Florida state, but you know, and again, the three and O start here is huge for them because I don't know if you guys saw that graphic, but, Louisville after that – I mean, this includes this, but especially after this opening weekend, their non-conference schedule, minus the Xavier on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it is, when they get back, is abysmal. I mean, it is cakewalk RPI 200-plus. Like, so there's – this is kind of your chance until you get into conference play where you have some midweeks also with Kentucky and Vanderbilt to kind of help build some of that. Like, you need this if you're Louisville to to boost your RPI because your RPI – like. Don't be surprised if Louisville's RPI entering conference plays in the 50s, just purely yeah. because of how weak it did, their schedule's been. So it's going to be, this is a huge you know opportunity for them. We'll stick in Florida, though, where Pitt is playing Maine. I think Maine is technically the home team here. I actually don't really know. I can't figure it out. This is not being broadcast, so I'm sorry to tell all of our listeners that we're dying to watch Pitt and Maine on opening weekend, but... Uh, you won't see that it's being played, not even at the Charlotte stone or the Tampa Bay Rays spring training facility. It's being played at like a public park that only holds like 300 seats. So I guess hopefully it sells out. <laughs> I don't even know. Like might be just free to the public for all I know. Um, can't find a lot of information on it, but you know, when it comes to pit, they're kind of the bottom of the conference in a lot of people's eyes. I think we all kind of sit there, you know, Uh, As much as I love the Gritzberg mentality, I just think this team, I mean, they lost five of their top six guys last year offensively. You know, Yeah, they added some decent portal pieces from Kent State and Fairleigh Dickinson, but, I mean, you don't really know the rotation. Your most consistent starter or guy that got starts last year with 14 of them was Jack Jack Sokol, who pitched well against UVA of all teams, but had a 7.54 ERA all year. I mean, that's not going to cut it. Even against the main team, who obviously you know was in the Coral Gables regional last year, um won the America East, now they're preseason number two in the America East. But you know you this is not a cakewalk series. I mean, i'm I'll just say my prediction now so we can get into it. I think Pitt takes two or three. I, I don't think they sweep yeah. this one. I yeah, I mean, I think it'd be disappointing if they don't win the series, but I don't think the expectation should be sweeping either.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I do think Maine will take a game from them, and it's so funny looking at this on the schedule because you think about Pittsburgh playing Maine in Florida, and you're like, okay, well, what kind of tournament is that? No, it's literally just a three-game series against Maine in Florida for some reason. Well, we know it's we know the reason is because you can't play in Maine in February, but it's it's very random, it feels like. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Maine last year, made it into the dance. They can be pretty scrappy. So Pittsburgh, of course, they got to show up and play some ball. I think Maine will get them for one, but Pittsburgh takes the series.
1: And I think Maine might get them game one because they're starting, like their go-to guy, Noah Lewis last year, who like was like the leader in in strikeouts and innings pitch and wins. And um, basically their, their go-to arm is back. And we don't know what Pitt is. I mean, and, and you know, I, again, I'm just going to speak for you know us small school, mid-major programs. Anytime, any Power Five, doesn't matter how good you are, right? You want to send a statement, and nothing would be Absolutely. better than coming back from winning your conference tournament, not doing so hot in the Coral Gables Regional, and coming out and sending a statement against a Power Five team who, yeah, obviously is near the bottom of the conference. But I mean, if Maine takes this series, people, I mean, I, in my bracketology, I'm going to have to start playing the debate again binghamton maine binghamton maine like <laughs> you know which one of i want to put is my america east champion so yeah i think this is you know nick what do you think i know i know nick's obviously a huge Pittsburgh guy
0: hey i love the city of pittsburgh that's one of my one of my favorite cities i've ever been to well love yeah
1: because a because a promancy brother sandwich is better than anything at Dioli's, right
0: Dude, I will never hate on a panini bro sandwich. That that is so good. I remember when the wait guys—the
1: <laughs> most uh, overrated thing, though—like just throwing soggy French fries on a sandwich. But it's just so good. It's so crazy. good. You
0: get some like uh, Italian deli meats, maybe some roast beef on with fries and a sandwich. It's just so. Uh, I, mean, I
1: mean, the best part about Pittsburgh is the pierogies, in my opinion. Like, if we're gonna talk about yeah. Pittsburgh culture, like, I mean, maybe it's because I got a little Polish in me, but I'd rather go get the fresh pierogies than oh, I got a sandwich with soggy fries on it. Like, cool, I can go to McDonald's and ask for a Big Mac and then just ask for a side of fries <laughs> and throw it on top of it and call it a Permanente Brothers sandwich.
0: I'm a big, big Pittsburgh guy. Love, love, love Pittsburgh. I, I remember when the Wake guys went up to Pitt. Uh, they they told me they went to the bros every day. And then Jake Reinish. watch out for that name. That could be my breakout player in the ACC. Yeah. Um, he he asked us like can you like put fries in my pastrami sandwich so i did <laughs> oh, no. no you <laughs> because didn't.
1: i no, no, yeah i nick, did nick nick you broke the sanctity of a dioli sandwich so I'm, not gonna it, lie. I'm not I mean, gonna he, lie i Low key, he... want to try that nick i'm just adding a list of like things in my phone of like <laughs> he... things i need to try next time i'm at dioli's
0: i mean he he was on the phone and it was like literally right after their series and he was like i want pastrami and the fries and he's like Hey, have you ever had Pigmonti bros? And I was like, Yeah, of course. He's like, Do you mind if you put like half my portion of fries in that sandwich? <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll do it because I know what it is. Uh, um, so I'm a big Pittsburgh guy. I love that city. Um, but I will take Pitt two out of three. I think, Micah, you make a great point on the opening day starter. Um, look, I think it's no secret. Uh Pitts at the bottom of the conference this year. I think uh Micah you and I both had him at 14 like dead last uh this team struggles with the bats I think they're the only like bright side they had last year is that they could get on base like they had one of the higher on base percentages so like they could get walks but um you know I don't I don't think Noah Martinez returns this year um they're gonna have to be real gritty if they want to make a stance this year and like at least make it to charlotte so um a sweep would be huge to get things going. but i don't really see it happening so two out of three for me
1: yeah the only the only positive that i have to say right now on pittsburgh is i am very excited to watch virginia play there when i do my ballpark tour i don't know if you know about this Grayson. i don't know how much i think i've heard about all the my stuff but going to yeah. every acc ballpark this year so uh obviously i had to selfishly kind of build some of these around Virginia but you know uh, very excited Uh, it looks like a stunning ballpark for you know a program you don't normally talk about in in college baseball but speaking of northeast-ish ACC teams another one of these weird ones this one's out in Scottsdale at one of the spring training parks out there Uh, this field to me is maybe the most fun of the ones I know what we just talked about how great you know the the kicking see I can't even say it fast the kicking chicken classic is but you know I am very excited because you know obviously Boston College you know I have a lot of question marks about them but again I don't I've never seen a Todd Interdonado program when he was at Wofford ever not be disciplined fundamentally sound and honestly I think that kind of stuff works at BC like let's just be real. Boston college is not recruiting the level of an NC state or a Florida state, but they need to be sound. They need to be, you know, well coached. I know it sounds so cliche, but it's, it's just be real. I mean, that's what that is. I think it was a fantastic hire by Wofford, but what does that translate to this year? Cause they lose so much from last year. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to this this Boston college program, but, and, you know, you all can disagree with me if you'd like, but I think they overachieved last year. I don't think that was like, you know, a roster that was full of just absolute studs. They just, they clicked well and, and had their, you know, they had their moments, but you've got a K-State team, which I am, you know, literally fangirling for. I'm still mad they got robbed of being in the tournament last year. Ohio State, well, they're kind of a Big Ten team that kind of feels like a Boston College from a standpoint of, They think they have what it takes to be a scrappy group in the big 10, but again, you don't know with them. And then Cal, I mean, they're not really projected to be a great team, but they have two of the top 50 or excuse me, top 100, uh, you know, draft prospects in all of baseball right now on their roster. So there's a lot of, you know, this is not going to be a cakewalk for, for Boston college. I do think it's a two of three kind of thing for them. I, I, I am picking Kansas state to beat them. I, I just think K-State is just more talented from yeah. top to bottom. Uh, and I think you're going to get Tyler rule on the mound for that one, which he showed a lot of promise in the fall and, and was pretty solid last year as well. And, you know, they have arguably the best closer in college baseball and Tyson neighbors. So they're going to be, they're going to be just fine. And this isn't an, a the grueling challenge where I think Kansas state is going to get overworked by, you know their their first matchups Cal on Friday, so you know I think this is just a kind of a, uh, a challenging BC kind of field. And as much as you know I want Cal to be good for the sake of the ACC next year, you know when your roster is pretty much your catcher and Caleb Lomotiva, yeah, and Rodney Green and center field. I mean that's that's it though. I mean that's they they have no idea who's going to be pitching. Their best pitcher is a transfer from William and Mary and Tom Mayer who. Probably won't be pitching against BC. This is the Sunday game. So probably already used them against K-State on that Friday. So, and and last year, Cal had the third worst defense in all of college baseball. Mm. That is unreal to think about a power five program at that level, but they were. Abysmal. I mean, and they had a pretty good start. I don't know if you guys remember that, but Cal jumped out to a really great start to the season, and then they got kind of injury bitten and just kind of went downhill. But part of that comes from just a lack of defense too. So I just think that when you talk about fundamentally sound, you talk about Boston College. They still have enough on the roster. Obviously, John West. We we expect a lot from him. Barry Walsh in center field. So I just think this team is this field's not difficult enough for them to have a losing record. But I also think Expecting them to go on un- be undefeated after this weekend might be a little far, stra- far fetched.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you pretty much summed it all up there. I think they're going to be fired up out of the gate when they play Ohio State. So I, I like BC in that one. Kansas State, it's a, that's a tall order for the Eagles. That's this early in the season. And Kansas State is ranked in, I think, probably all of the preseason polls. A lot of buzz, you know, surrounding neighbors and Culpepper. I think K State just has too much talent. They'll take that one. And the Cal game, I don't know, man. This I could see like a weird game for BC, where for some reason Cal wins this one. I think BC is more talented than Cal is, so I'll, I'll lean uh, Boston College in that one to go two and one. But this one, like you mentioned, it's it's a very wonky type four team tournament here. Uh, you know, out in Arizona, that's that's quite the hike for Boston College to kick off their season. But uh, I, I I'll go with two and one for the Eagles.
0: I'll go two and one as well. Uh, All I've been hearing is about Kansas State, Kansas State. I know Micah's been really, really, like before I saw any preseason polls, Micah was the first, I think, to tell me about this Kansas State team. Uh, But if Duke didn't have the slate that they had this weekend, then this is probably one of the most exciting round-robin type of slates or opening weekends for ACC team is Boston College. Um, They lose a lot this year. Uh, they lose their head coach this year, uh, but I think this team still believes that they can do it. That they can get back to regionals. Like, hey, we're not going to be at the bottom of the ACC anymore. This is this what last what happened last year wasn't a flash in the pan. This is a great slate for them to really kick things off against you know all Power Five schools from five or I'm sorry three different conferences. Like that's huge for RPI resume boosting all that stuff um i see them beating ohio state i see them beating cal uh i know cal's got that great catcher probably top 50 player in the country uh might go second third round in the mlb draft but uh that kansas state one does scare me a little bit um give me boston college two out of three this weekend uh but if they can go three and oh And beat Kansas State, then we have ourselves like another sleeper in the ACC that could steal a bid. You know, it's like a little early watch. Like, watch out for Boston College. They, they, they're probably, they might be back again. So we'll see.
1: I'll probably be unrealistic, and just be a ridiculously, you know, overreaction. If they sweep this weekend, I'm putting them in my tournament just for fun. I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll drop an SEC team just to, just to really get people fired up um this might be cheating guys but let's just be real we got to be fair to our listeners here there are four series there's one there's two more i do want to talk about in depth but there are four series i'm on my checklist of on the first one of the four so i'm just going to group all four of these together so we can kind of talk and if there is some disagreements let's have them but uva host hofstra unc host wagner Georgia Tech hosts Radford and Miami hosts NJIT or the New Jersey Institute of Technology for those that might not know what NJIT stands for. And this might be cheating. Actually, no, sorry. There's five. And Florida State and Butler. All five of these series is, in my opinion, if our ACC teams do not go undefeated, again, you don't overreact and just start like firing coaches or losing your mind or whatever, but it's going to raise some red flags because I mean, Hofstra is a bottom of the CAA-type team. Butler last year had one of the worst RPIs in college baseball. They're arguably the worst team in the Big East. You've got Radford, who has 30 new faces, so they're probably going to be improved from last year's team, but they were RPI 300 last year at points. Um, and, yeah, they're going to get improved, but this is opening Series 1, so I don't think you can put too much into this team will be that much improved from last year into week one. Wagner is well, Wagner, they have absolutely no closer. Their ERA last year was 2.74. You know, they just, they got an all NEC catcher and second baseman. And that's kind of it. The only, only note that I actually had on Wagner that was worth me talking about was they play at ETSU in, in March. So I'll see them for three. Um, but you know, NGIT had injury luck last year. Albert Choi is a dog, but other than that, I mean, they got decent pitching depth. But again, like we're talking about teams that have good pitching depth for the America East, like not to slander it, but that does not compare to what Miami should have, right? So, is there any disagreements on these five series of kind of being bring out your brooms for the ACC?
2: It, they all seem pretty chalky. I think you, you're you probably right about that. Maybe you see Radford take a game from Georgia Tech if Georgia Tech is slow out of the gate. I could see that. Um, you know, Miami, they shouldn't struggle with NJIT. Virginia, a lot of folks are talking about them possibly returning to Omaha. And if that's the case, you definitely don't want to see them struggle against a Hofstra. Uh, um, you know, Wagner going down to Chapel Hill, maybe one of the few times you'll hear me compliment uh the tar heels, but I they'll probably have a pretty solid squad. I know they lost their Friday night starter. Uh and they have a lot of young talent to mix back into, but they should handle business with Wagner. I yeah, and then Butler and Florida State. Florida State, like I mentioned before, they they're maybe my sleeper team, which is still weird to consider them a sleeper team in baseball because a couple years ago you would have thought that would never happen. But Florida State, I think, is probably my sleeper team this year. I think they'll Link Jarrett will start to write the ship, or maybe he just fully turns that whole thing around, uh, and they'll handle Butler down there in Tallahassee.
0: Yeah, I have no disagreements either. I think if you're going to be one of the top teams in the ACC, you sweep this weekend, Um, or at least, you know, top nine, you know, um, which I see Georgia Tech kind of like in that 9-10 range, Florida State like 7-6-8 range, Carolina like between – as high as two, maybe as low as five, all that, you know, Uh, I think you bring up, you bring up a great point. Grayson Radford um, might get a little, might get a little dicey with Georgia tech, but I'm not going to put my money on it. Uh, That's the only like one that kind of, if there's a possibility could stick out. But other than that, this is the ACC. You gotta sweep these teams. You know, I, I don't think there's any excuse. You're you should be ready to go firing out the firing out the gate with inferior opponents. So you're muted, Micah.
1: Look at that. Attack of the mute button. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was saying Grayson's hundred percent correct just because you know, Radford, I saw a lot of what that roster is this summer in the Appy League, a lot of JUCO kids, a lot of you yeah. know, some smaller you know, mid-major talent contributors, or again, power five guys that didn't see a ton of time, you know, they have a lot of potential. And my favorite thing last year was when ETSU went to Radford, beat them 17 to five or something ridiculous. And then the next night, Radford beats Virginia Tech. And I'm like, let's (laughs) go, transitive property. We're better than Virginia Tech. You know, I had to ride that for at least a week. But no, I think that's 100% right. Like if I had to pick of those five, which team I could see kind of catching an ACC team. It definitely would be Radford. And to be very clear, Georgia Tech fans, we do have a decent amount that listen, do not sleep on this Radford team. I don't think they're going to, but if you do, you could lose this series. And then, you know, we're like Georgia Tech fans were kind of getting mad at us, Grayson, because we didn't have them in the tournament. And it's like, we'll will calm down like they got some know, things to prove yeah like exactly like you have the potential but i can't put every team with potential in because yeah. you know at that point i should put every sec team in again right like right. you know so it's it's a it's a lot to expect um sticking with the three and oh kind of slate we got two series that i have three and ohs spoiler alert but i think are a little bit more or less chalky, I guess it's like that term grace. And I'm going to start using that moving forward. I know you didn't come up with it, but I never really yeah. had put it together for this type of conversation with Xavier coming to Clemson for the three game series. And then obviously wakes hosting this three team crossover. We'll go wake first. Cause there seems a little bit because of who wake is a lot easier. You've got Illinois coming to town, sport on Friday, Illinois, Saturday, Akron on Sunday, uh, Grayson, in case you don't know my background, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. So uh, actually, Akron didn't have baseball much when I was a kid. Then they brought the program back in 2020 of all years, of course, to bring it back. Very conveniently, yeah. bad timing on their part. Um, but uh, they are just to be very frank, not very good, and they lack depth. I mean, like that's like Nick. I'm I'm sorry to break it to you. I've decided I'm not going to travel over to Winston Salem on Sunday to watch that game because. I don't see it worth the $25 to $30 in gas just to watch a probable run rule. Um, I will I will watch it on ESPN Plus while watching ETSU baseball instead. But, um, you know, I am sad I won't have the yolis in my stomach that day, but we'll, we'll save that <laughs> for a different day. Um, really, the only game in this series that I'm even somewhat interested about is Illinois. But even then, I mean, they've got a couple guys that can hit with Drake Westcott and Jacob Schroeder. But the pitching staff, like, Honestly, there's an argument that Illinois pitching staff might be the most questionable of the three here. Fordham kind of knows who their guys are. Again, talking about average A-10 team arms, but they kind of know who their guys are. Akron at least knows who their Friday guy is and Spencer Atkins. Illinois is just, you don't know. And let's just be real. With this Wake Forest pitching staff, I mean, and again, if you can't pitch at the couch, you're in trouble. Like, you have, if yeah. you have a team, you don't know how to – this is this is not the greatest ga- uh, weekend to figure out who your starting rotation might be for any of these programs.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, for Wake, being slated everywhere, number one team in the country, you have, I think, if everything clicks the way it more than likely will, probably the top weekend rotation. Personally, I think Hartle's probably be the pitcher of the year in the ACC. I think he's a dog. Same. You add Same. in Chase Burns and – Everything I've seen coming out of Wake Forest baseball program is Chase Burns, six innings, 10Ks, four innings, 12K, just ridiculous stuff from Chase Burns to throw in there. I mean, I, I don't see any possible reason Wake doesn't start 3-0. and They should dominate these teams. It really, I mean, that's, that's just where we're at now. Wake is the premier team in the ACC, and I expect them to show that uh, the opening weekend.
0: A hundred percent. I'll be at the Friday night game against uh, Fordham. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I expect a big crowd. Um, I think that what should be interesting though, if you are going to keep eyes on this Wake team, like, listen, I'm picking them to sweep easily, but what you should keep eyes on uh, for this Wake squad. And we alluded to it a little bit before when we were talking about bullpens and Duke's bullpen is that, these starters are probably not going to go distant, right? Like we'll probably see five innings max from each guy um, just to get some innings under their belt and get the, get the game feeling back. So what you should see is where's that, where's that guy? Where's that Seth Keener or Cole Rowland? Cole's going to be the closer. We do know that, but who's going to be the guy to come out of the bullpen like the Seth Keener, like the Michael Massey um they got a lot of young arms um they've got some experienced guys there too that are looking to prove something as well look out for will ray will andrews um joe areola a a freshman that they were really high on last year hopefully he didn't get bit too bad by the injury bug uh unfortunately i heard some bad news on that but haven't nothing confirmed with him but um Lots of young arms that are looking to prove it. So keep an eye on who has a great weekend this weekend. That could be that guy for uh, Wake's relieving staff.
1: So, Nick, what? I want to make a deal with you. I think this is a pretty good deal on your favor. So next time I come to Dioli's, I get however many runs Wake gives up this weekend off my order that might be Grayson. Might this guy D- is D- always, always
0: looking to get a deal. Like See, always looking be, to get a deal. Zero. That,
1: that, that might be, I'm saying it might be, might be full price. Like I'm just <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm trying to give you, I should have gone the other way around and that, that's how much money I get. Like if it's $0, like if it's zero runs and I should get a free sandwich, I'm asking for the opposite. Like they give up 20 <laughs> runs. And, I mean, I think I deserve a Dioli sandwich because that only happens once in a lifetime. Right. Like, you know, so uh, I, I, we did that. We did the same thing uh, with the Duke Wake Forest conversation we had at one point where I was like, what's what's more likely to happen? Duke, like I remember what the what the logistic like, oh, but the over under of like Duke runs were in the weekend series we set it at 10 against wake and and a lot of us went under which is crazy to think about you know for a full yeah. weekend series and and at, at this level and again a qual like it's not like we're calling duke a bad team it's just that's how good this Wake pitching staff is and it's a i forgot
0: is. that we did that in hindsight yeah. it's like wow we really disrespected duke right there but because like, we,
1: but, but, but we didn't they'd like, go
0: on that run
1: i mean let's be real if duke wins those games like wins that series right there's a very good likelihood that they're winning this series like three two ball games, which could yeah, get right. you under that 10. So again, yeah. it was it was obviously a fun little exercise we did with with Monty and Jake. Um, but yeah, this is kind of you know, not the uh, not the most challenging of the of, of the group. And then obviously we, we mentioned Clemson, Xavier. Xavier has a lot of question marks. Last year, obviously they won the big East Tournament championship. Um, they did lose a lot they are still preseason number two in the Big East but I don't really see the Big East as a two-bit league this year so that kind of gives you an idea of I don't think this is a tournament team Luke Hoskins is kind of their go-to starter Um, obviously friendly reminder because I completely forgot until uh shout out to the college baseball experience not really a big fan of the podcast it's more gambling talk but like it gave me a pretty good uh insight on I completely forgot that Cam Cannarella is suspended for the first two games. I don't know if y'all remember that I knew that. Or oh remember yeah. that. Oh man, I did forget but, about that. But, but he is suspended. That. Not that I mean again, it's probably a good thing it's Xavier and not South Carolina, right? But yeah, you know, that is still a pretty big loss to start the season when you have a team like Xavier who is feisty enough to get it done. Now, I think this Clemson team's too talented. Like I said, I have them. This is a Clemson 3-0 weekend, but I just wanted to throw that note out there because until they said it, I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot that this, that, you know, not only did he get screwed in the tournament, but then it carries over into this regular season.
2: Yeah. Clemson for me. And I I know I talked about Florida state being, I guess, like my hot take team. Clemson is fascinating for me this year. And, it's kind of wild to look at the the body of work they put together last year, and they kind of were in a death spiral early in the ACC play. And unfortunately, I think NC State kind of righted the ship for them, and then they went on that run and became a national seed. I don't really know what to make of Clemson this year. They're getting a lot of preseason love, and a lot of that is probably rightfully so. They have a lot of talent. You talk about Canarella. You talk about Will Taylor. The pitching staff, I have some questions there for the tigers i i mean i guess okay opening weekend no they they probably shouldn't struggle with xavier and maybe if i come back on later on we'll talk about how they're doing later in the season but clemson is fascinating for me i I really don't know what to make of them quite yet
0: yeah man i can't believe like we talked about cam canarella for i don't know last month since we started talking about college baseball and how he got screwed just completely forgot that he was suspended the first two games of the season that's crazy to me um i like clemson a lot this year and look this see this series with or without cam i think is just going to be a cakewalk for them um i get they lose some pieces uh but they bring in a lot of great guys and I I'm excited for this Clemson ball club. Like Grayson, what you said earlier about Florida state, it, it's better for college baseball when Florida state's good. In terms yeah. of the, in terms of the ACC, I think it's good when Clemson is good. Like I
2: have, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean like Micah, I know, I know this rent free in his head, but he's right. Like it would have been great to see Clemson fans in Omaha, you know, uh, it, it, it felt when clemson lost uh their regional it was kind of hard to believe cuz it was like there's still more to be done here and they kind of got screwed over um i like clemson a lot um they 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 bring some pieces back but yeah giving them in this three game sweep
1: yeah i just yeah, i agree you know all, all around this team like I will say I'm gonna be the first one to admit I'm I'm kind of on your side, you know, Grayson. When it comes to this Clemson team, I they are so fascinating because if it weren't, I'm gonna be the first one to admit that I'm letting all the outside experts kind of convince me that they're a top ten team because yeah. like, and I fully believe, and this this feels dirty to say. But I think Eric Backus could potentially be the best manager in the conference. Like, I love – shout out to my cat. He's a big Clemson Tiger fan right here. My orange cat making an appearance. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, obviously, like, I love Brian O'Connor. I love Tom Walter. I Like, go down the list. We have some of the best coaches in college baseball. Yeah. But I really do think that what Eric – what he did at Michigan is so impressive. And what he's done in Cle- with Clemson is so quickly. Like, a part of me just thinks that he – whatever, like, question marks we might have about Clemson, he will find a way to to find the solution to it. So right. that's probably the only reason why I was willing to let the experts convince me that they're a top 10 team. Because again, they have the dudes, but you lose a guy like Caden Grice. I mean you lost you didn't lose a hitter. You lost a pitcher. You lost the defensive first like you lost three positions with one guy. Yeah. You lose Billy M Emick to Tennessee. Like you lost pieces. But you know again, this this, this is a chance for obviously for them to prove it Um, again, super excited. My uh, the kickoff of my ACC ballpark trip is Kansas state and Clemson, two teams that we've talked about today. So Ooh. obviously super excited for that one, but um, all right, we move on. Let's do the least important from a conversation for our conference. I know this is awful to say, but Notre Dame goes to rice. Rice, by the way, one of the – we did the ballparks of the day, Grayson. That uh, that ballpark caught me off guard. That thing is stunning in, in downtown Houston. And Jake actually DM me when we posted it about how great it is and how I need to come down for a game down there. Um, but Notre Dame, a lot of question marks. Don't really know what to make of them. Rice is a program that I remember is really, really good, but obviously has not been much since 2017, which was their last regional appearance. Um Parker Smith is kind of their go-to guy, uh, with a 3.58 ERA, but they lack a lot of pitching depth. And on the Notre Dame side, kind of the same same animal. I I I have Notre Dame going two of three in this one. I just I don't think Rice is very good, but again, I we talked about mid-major teams hosting a power five. Notre Dame's a brand, even if it's not truly a baseball brand. But again, like how is Rice not selling tickets or convincing like their players that this is a team two years removed from Omaha. Like you have to be up for this in some facet or another, which by the way, fun fact, Notre Dame goes to Radford for a two game set in a midweek this year. So like Notre Dame is going to a lot of random mid majors this year, which is kind of nuts, but um, you know, it's, yeah, I just, this series to me, I, I will watch it purely be out of interest of like, I have no idea what these two teams are. I don't think they're very good, but I'll be the first one to admit that, I don't know enough about them to tell them that they can't be good.
2: That's that's exactly where, where I am. I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole lot about either squad here. And as far as the ACC slate goes in the opening week, it kind of feels like the toilet bowl. And I I mean, maybe that's a little harsh, but just looking at the these other matchups and what these other ACC teams are projecting to be, this is probably the least exciting uh, matchup of the weekend. Just based on... I guess Notre Dame. I I don't know. I I'm not even sure if I want to call it like the reputation because it is a new coach and they've lost all nearly all of their Omaha team and so they're completely different. But I I would probably lean Notre Dame here. Rice, yeah. I mean I remember the days where Rice was extremely good at baseball, but those days are seemingly uh, you know in the past. So I'll I'll go Notre Dame. I don't know if I'll take them for a sweep, but I'll, I'll minimum I'll go two out of three you know, I almost
0: forgot about Notre Dame tonight. Like that, that, that's the interest in this series Just it's nothing against Notre Dame. It's just that, what do we expect from them? Like, unfortunately I had them 13th in this conference yeah. just because, you know, I get it. They made, where was it? Durham last year. They were eight seed, I believe last year in, uh in Durham, but they, it's weird like no one had a s- more silent fall of grace than Notre Dame did from Omaha. You know, they just kind of slowly went down to the towards the bottom of the conference. Um and like everyone knows Rice has had a historic program. They've made a couple of super regionals. I think one was against NC State too. Uh not too long ago, I think in that 2013 run. It was. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to sit like you guys said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything about Notre Dame and rice. Um, But it would be a present surprise if Notre Dame did get the sweep, but I just don't see it happening. Um, Notre Dame's on the road a lot in the beginning of the season. I remember last year they played a random two game series in North Carolina playing St. Joe's. (laughs) So they have to be road warriors again. Unfortunately, that's what it comes down to when you're a, northeast team or a midwest team you gotta come down south and play all these random tournaments and series and neutral sites and stuff like that so um give, give me notre dame two out of three but it it would be a pleasant surprise if they could sweep
1: i'm just going to read you quickly their uh, first three series is at rice for three at fiu for four at tennessee tech for three then they come home for Purdue. Then ACC play starts, but my favorite thing is they start ACC play by going to Virginia Tech. So they play Virginia Tech Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then oh I don't know they're just going to stay in town for Tuesday, Wednesday with Radford. They're just going to play at Radford. So they're just spending a week pretty much in Southwest Virginia before going to Tallahassee. Hmm. Like it's just it's nuts. Like there's
0: opportunity though in that schedule that that slate oh. that you just read for them. It, it, it's, it screams opportunity to like
1: you got to win, start
0: off nine and one or 10 and one. If you, you know? don't
1: win, your at large chances are gone. Unless you again yeah. you make a hot run in the ACC and you're top, like I think if you're top six in the ACC, regardless of kind of how you do in the out of conference, you're probably in at this point with the strength of the conference. But yeah, that uh, they're kind of must wins for them. Um, two things, Nick 2013 was a long time ago. I was still in high school and I'm old now. Um, I feel like I should be getting AARP soon. So next time, you know, when it's not that long ago, that's 11 years ago. Just to, you know, remind us I how mean, old we're, we're all,
0: uh, I'm yeah. only a year. Younger I don't know than how old you, you are, nice. Grayson, so, but I'm,
1: I'm 27, my, Nick's 26 or five or whatever. So, you six. know, we're, I'm about to be using a Walker soon. I feel like no, um, I, I,
2: perhaps I'm in the same boat. I'm 28.
1: Okay. Welcome to the club. All right. I Honestly,
2: I wouldn't have guessed that.
1: Yeah, me neither. That's why I was like – I I, I look
2: young. I know that. I try and – You
1: do look young. young I thought
0: you were younger than me, to be honest with you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but obviously, so we got that. And then, you know, and also, too, I think still – I've been in Omaha for four straight years now, uh, Grayson. I lived out in Nebraska for a couple of years, so that kind of helped. But, um, you know, the Golden Dome helmets is still the best uniform – best thing I've seen in Omaha. Like,
2: there's been nights nice, the- all green.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I know like some people don't like those, but when they did the all green with the gold helmets against Oklahoma and Omaha, they may have lost that game, but they won the game in my heart uh, with that uniform. So <laughs> I'll never forget that. But uh, we move on to the last series and what is, again, I'm identifying as the best series, a.k.a. one team playing one team with Virginia Tech going to Charlotte, a team that obviously made the Clemson Regional Final last year. Uh, Virginia Tech let's just be transparent, underperformed expectations last year. We're talking about a preseason top 20 team. I'll, I'll never forget. I was getting angry because Virginia always could say that we're better than Virginia tech in baseball. And the preseason poll, Virginia tech was higher. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like if we lose (laughs) baseball to these guys now, like I can't just claim lacrosse because they don't have it. So it's like, that's not a fair comparison. So, you know, obviously we lose them in football every year and basketball was a split last year. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, Please don't take baseball from us. And thank well, Virginia Tech actually won the series against Virginia, but Virginia got the final laugh by going to Omaha. So I'll take the Omaha over the two of three in Blacksburg in the regular season. But uh, this Virginia Tech team lost a decent amount. I mean, obviously they're probably returning one of the best, you know, outfielders in the conference in, in Chris Kins Kenz- and Canzaro, who absolutely destroyed ETSU last year when we played there in the midweek. I'll. I still have nightmares of, of how many times he did the, the little Thor hammer thing in the dugout <laughs> area, but not on the field. Uh, shout out, by the criminal, way. One, criminal, by fun, the way. But, but so, fun fact Did you guys know what Virginia Tech did at their ballpark? So, they have their on deck circle used to yeah, be outside out. the net. So, they put, they, put, yeah. they put a little turf area where you come out from the dugout. They literally opened it to where instead of going out to the field, it goes to the side. And because by rule, if it is behind netting, it is not considered in the field of play. Yep. They could still do it on the field where people could see it, but you couldn't, Like, but it wasn't like, you know, obviously in front of the dugout, it was on the side. Greatest thing I've ever, like I will always try to find a way to make fun of Virginia tech, but that was the most ingenious thing I've ever seen yeah. because people can still do the hammer. It's a big deal there. Uh, it's a really cool tradition. I really do like it, but it's like, That like when they when they broke it out against us because I didn't know that was a thing I was like I was like sitting because I was sitting in our dugout I was like is that not a automatic ejection like what like and then we they looked it up like oh no it's behind the netting so by rule I'm like that is just ingenious like that is just incredible so shout out to Berrien that's that's
2: exactly how you stick to the man
1: exactly and like obviously (laughs) let the
2: boys have fun man this this is sport it's a game let them have fun let them celebrate. there is a time and a place for being respectful and acting like you've been there before. But college baseball, it's not like college football or it's not like college basketball. Let, the, let them have fun. Come on, man.
1: And if it's outside the dugout, it's outside the dugout. Like, if the prop is coming to where, like, they throw them the, the, the you know, hammer, to do as he's crossing home plate in front of the catcher. That's the bunch. Like, that's that's probably past the sportsman, like. But if it's we're throwing it from the dugout, and like, again, the only problem I have is like the safety of it. But, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to be a, the negative Nancy, but, you know, karma is yeah. karma. You know, if someone gets hurt, that's your problem. That shouldn't be an NCA problem. That should right. be a Virginia Tech, what are you doing problem. So, yeah, no, I yeah, definitely I, uh, I see I no difference. Agree.
2: I see no difference from guys doing it in front of their dugout to, like, college football teams. They got a turnover chain or they're sitting on a throne, like, the mm-hmm. moment they hit the sideline. Those mm-hmm. two are synonymous for me, so I have zero problem with with them celebrating, but as long as it's, like, right in front of the dugout, that's fine with
1: and, me. And do, do they not realize that, like, the players on the field still see them do it in the dugout? yeah so like so like the only thing you're taking away from it is the people that you want to like you want to grow the game you want this to be like let's just be real college athletics is entertainment yes we want wins and losses but it is about the quality of the product right and like you know at the end of the day you've taken away from the fan experience because now these cool traditions that you know about like the Campbell thing that they do in their dugout and like you know again all these different like the shopping carts and all the all the crazy antics yeah. you see it's like now you don't see them you know they exist but you don't see them but guess what the the opposing pitcher that's getting butt hurt about it which i don't think half these kids care to be honest anymore because everyone's kind of on board with the showboating thing like pitchers want to stun it's, on you if they're doing it
2: too <laughs> yeah exactly
1: like it's it's yeah it's you know again if you get a double now you got guys putting headphones on and pretending they're a freaking marshmallow DJing out there. Like, I mean, come on. But anyways, besides the point, like obviously this is a, you know, Monty is the the preacher of this gospel. Again, I think he's a Virginia tech fan. He doesn't want to admit it, but you know, this is part of arguably the best infield in the ACC. So you've got a very talented team. We've got a Charlotte team. that has got 29 newcomers, you know, their top returner offensively is Brandon Stallman, you know, Chris Hanson's at the top of their rotation, but you don't really know what you're going to get from them.
0: Oh,
2: is that me? Sorry.
1: Is it just going to be me talking? I stepped away. No, my, my bad. My bad. I got distracted.
2: Oh, I, I, It looked like something had happened that you had to, like, clean oh, up.
1: I got Well, my cat was scratching on this, like, cardboard box, and maybe it wasn't as loud for you all, but, like, it sounded like my if my mic decides it wants to pick it up, it would just be, like, literally nails on a chalkboard. And I don't okay. know about you, but I can't stand that sound. So I went out to let him out of my room. Because I, I live in a, a zoo. My girlfriend is a vet, Grayson. So as you can imagine, okay. um, you know, we have enough animals to fill a zoo. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of becomes kind of a situation where, you know, when they want to be out, they'll let you know they want to come out. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Awkward silence. I'm glad I was against for Virginia Tech talk, but you know, obviously, <laughs> I may have missed Grayson. Did you make a comment, or did it just kind of go silent? Did I miss anything? Uh,
2: I I was gonna say something, but I genuinely thought like something had happened in the background. But anyway, oh, nope. <laughs> yeah, I, if, I had thought like Grayson
0: had talked, and I didn't realize it, and it was my turn. And then I was like, wait, where did my kid go?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I looked Big up and of I looked over, and you're not there. I was like, oh, something's up. But no, I. I think if I have to pick an upset for a series, it might be this one. And I think Charlotte's an interesting bunch. You know, they made a little noise at the end of last season, knocking Clemson out of their own regional. I think Charlotte lost a lot of the parts to that engine that really made it go. I don't know. I I just have this weird feeling that they are going to be the team that upsets an ACC team opening weekend. So I'm going to take the Niners over the Hokies. I I have a quick hot, hot hot-er take maybe.
1: I think it's an upset if you pick Virginia Tech to win this series. I mean, just Ooh. all things considered. I mean, Charlotte – now, granted, Charlotte's home slate, by the way. Like, I am jealous. As someone that likes college baseball, I wish that I worked for an institution that's home slate, included Maryland, West Virginia, and Virginia Tech all in the same. Mm-hmm. Like It's like banger after banger for home slates for them. And that ballpark there is very nice, uh, Hayes Stadium. But, I mean – there is an argument that based off what we knew last year, based off even the preseason expectations, like Charlotte is a projected team in according to D one baseball, Virginia tech is not, (laughs) I mean, again, I think we want to say power five should never lose this type of series. But if you're looking at these two teams side by side, again, I don't know the betting stuff. I work in college athletics, so I can't bet on it anyway. So I never really look at that stuff, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if when the odds come out, it's Charlotte's the betting favorite.
2: I could see it. But yeah, I, I'm definitely taking the Niners here. I, I think they have I they have enough talent to do it. Uh I, I have to roll with Grayson on this
0: one. I thought I was going to be the only upset pick this uh on well, the side. <laughs> yeah, but I have to agree. Charlotte made a lot of noise last year. Um, they're a consistent ball club. Um, it is just the, the talent in the state of North Carolina is unmatched right now. I think a lot of people are catching on to the state of North Carolina and their universities that just pump out quality college baseball teams. I mean, the state had eight, eight, which I think almost, I think doubled what Texas had and what Florida had and pretty much tripled what California had, you know, um, Charlotte is a quality club. Virginia Tech lost a lot, and a lot from a mediocre ball club that we all thought in the beginning of last season could make noise. You know, they were supposed to take a step up. Um, I believe Carson Demartini is back. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like their uh, big name this year. And obviously the center fielder that Micah mentioned too – um, other than that, it's not a whole lot of hype around this Virginia tech ball club. And it, it's Charlotte is a scary team to start your slate off on, especially on the road. You know, um, I don't know how to feel about Virginia tech. Cause there's just, I think they have the most questions besides Notre Dame. They have the most questions on their roster. They didn't, they don't return a lot. They lose a lot. Um, give me Charlotte two out of three in this one.
1: The, I'm picking the Hokies to win this series. I, I do think that Charlotte lost so much that we don't, again, Virginia Tech did lose a decent amount too, so we can't pretend like this is a fair comparison. But with the amount that they lost, like, that team was good, right? Like, we're not taking anything away from that Charlotte ball club. But last year's Charlotte versus last year's Virginia Tech, like, I think two of three for Charlotte's a pretty fair take, right? And I think Virginia Tech loses less than what Charlotte does. It is season series one. And I think this Virginia Tech team, you know, is hungry to get back to the tournament. I mean, they host a regional and they completely miss the tournament the next year. I mean, that is, again, they're not a program known for being a consistent regional type team, but that is no matter who you are, a disappointment, regardless of program. And so I think for this team, you know, I just, I want to believe that they're going to come out hot. I want to believe that they're going to be in the thick of things. I didn't include them in my first four outs because uh, I'm not going to lie to you. There were so many teams in the mix and I don't want to be a homer that's got like 12 ACC teams in or and or considered. But, you know, they are, in my opinion, that team that could get to that nine 10 for the conference. Mm -hmm. They are the team that I think could be that push to get us, that level of sec conversation because if we're hanging 10 teams kind of in that tournament field like the sec they're right there and i think you know they got some good transfers i really like that fifth year left hander i'm forgetting his first name his last name's neff i always want to say zach neff because that's a buddy of mine that pitched mississippi state and then played minor league baseball with the twins but he comes over from richmond you know he was really good for the spiders last year you've just got a team that again they they have a sound defensive infield that can hit. And obviously in this conference, like I would say there's maybe four programs in this conference that we know are for sure pitching staffs, everybody else, including a team like Clemson, right? We have question marks about what that pitching staff is going to be. So if they can hit at the level that we've seen, there's nothing. like, And they get adequate pitching. They're right there in the mix. So this, this is a very fun series. I mean, again, I, I am glad that all of these will be on ESPN plus so I can watch all of these games. Um, so I'll definitely be tuned into this one, but by far, you know, some of the most fun that we will, we will have. I was, uh, I also want to point out how upset that I was. I found out the day after this happened. So I don't know if you guys know Virginia tech played Tennessee in the fall at Tusculum university in Greenville, Tennessee. at like, It's a minor league ballpark that was meant to be built for a high A team that never actually came, and then it was a rookie ball team, and now it's just Abbey League summer. But it's a very nice ballpark. It's honestly, honestly, hot take. It's better than Tennessee's actually home ballpark until they renovate it. But for now, it's better than it. But that's 20 minutes from where I live. And I found out the day afterwards that they were there from G1 Baseball, and I was like, why is this not more public? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, like, why are we not advertising this? Because, like, people would have gone in the area, first off, because that's where I'm at. I'm 10 minutes from the Virginia border in East Tennessee, so I'm right here. You know, both fan bases exist. That's why the Battle of Bristol that year at the racetrack was such a big deal, because it was literally the halfway point for the two schools. But anyways, I just wanted to point out how salty that I am still. That was a note of mine that I could have watched a little bit of what Virginia Tech would look like this season in the fall. but didn't find out about it till the day afterwards um but yeah no i'm uh grayson this was awesome thank you for coming on um, thank you for for, having
2: me man this is a blast
1: yeah absolutely obviously we have you know the acc winning every series except for this one where we're all a little bit you know i have the acc winning them all you know remember it just means less for me clearly but (laughs) you know i this was awesome grayson we'll definitely have you on again if you if you'd like to come on i know Anytime. I've enjoyed this. I'm sure Nick has too. Plus I'm sure Nick is glad to have another NC state gown yeah. that way. He doesn't feel out. Nice. When I come after the wolf pack. <laughs> but, um, so Grayson quickly, I guess, cause I never actually asked you since you're obviously the same age as us, did you go to NC state or what's your, wh- why is your allegiance to pack?
2: I did. So I've been an NC state fan my entire life. Basically all of my family went to NC state. I actually went to a small school for D3 baseball my freshman year and you know, of course, D3 baseball. There's plenty to say for that in itself. But you wake up on Saturdays where baseball's not going on, and there's no football team at your school, and you're in the middle of nowhere. It's like, what am I really doing here? And so I ended up transferring to NC State. I played club ball at state. That was still a blast. Not exactly the the demand, of course, of D3 baseball, but wouldn't trade it for the world. Still, the best decision I've ever made. I, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit salty that I didn't just go to state straight out of high school, but I'm Wolfpack through and through. I graduated 2019, um, so probably maybe right before you did, Nick. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Wolfpack till I die. Pain, I have an immense tolerance for it. It's all I've really known <laughs> my entire life. Every sport. I'm hoping that Elliot Avent can finally break the curse for us, maybe in 24 or 25. I think they'll probably win something in 25, I hope. But, uh, yeah. Love my, it. My, I, well, my, I was uh, my Oma
1: my Omaha eight in our little group chat, you know, with Pitt and, and NC state and Virginia, let's just make it happen. You know, let's just have a giant ace. Let's, let's have a, let's have a Charlotte reunion in Omaha who says no. I'm but, in. I'm in. <laughs> so what D three school quickly? I, Cause I, I have a feeling I might know it. So I'm it was curious.
2: Washington college. It's on the Eastern shore yeah. of Maryland.
1: Yep. I actually almost, I, so I played the cross in college, I went to a D two school, but I actually looked okay. at Washington college. I looked at, you know, hood up there. I don't know if you guys played them too, but like, I've heard you of know, them. Yeah. Uh, Salisbury.
2: That was our team. rival. Yep.
1: Oh yeah. That makes sense. So obviously that's Eastern shore too. So I'm very familiar. I, I kind of feel the same way. I wish I would have, that's why I stuck with Virginia and we didn't have, we didn't have football. You know, we had an unreal D2 basketball team, national runner up all four years. <laughs> I was there never won the whole thing, but was a runner up actually the, the coach at Indiana state right now that, you know, is leading them to the top 25 that rumor has it maybe nc state would go
2: after if the job i've seen a lot of people start to toss that name around
1: he was the head coach josh shirts he was the head coach at my at my alma mater so anyways um you know it's kind of one of those things where i kind of feel you on that like low-key i wish i would have just gone to uva my my best friend from high school played club at uva like i kind of wish i would have just done that you know and just been a been a wahoo through and through instead of my high school classes I had a high school class that was attached to UVA, so I joked my – I got an associate's degree, advanced college preparatory degree when I graduated high school. So I'm like, yeah, I went to UVA. <laughs> no to yeah. Nobody's got to know. But, you know, obviously, yeah, it's it's a big deal. So, Grayson, thank you for coming on. Nick, I'm still sorry you're hurting from the 49ers loss, but now you know how I felt when we recorded after the Ravens lost. So, I mean – yeah, Welcome it, to playing the Chiefs' kingdom meets Taylor Swift. It's just a pain – Painful, hey, painful loss
0: listen i had to repeat this you know this happened to me four years ago so where
1: though nick if what happened four years ago happens because of you all i will i will hate the 49ers for the rest of my life i'm sure you guys probably saw the craziness right like it was oh month, yeah
0: i know that the that...
1: year covid like all this crazy stuff if any of this stuff happens again nick the 49ers have to just disband their franchise forever like, uh, just plain and I, simple. I, or you I, have to lose in the conference finals every year you can pick. I mean, whichever one you prefer.
2: Nick, what was worse? I guess, I don't want to say just the most recent loss in the Super Bowl. Maybe any of the three Super Bowl losses for the 49ers or NC State and Omaha 21.
0: Oh, that's a good – I was actually toying with that in my head earlier today. Um, I was more, like – Angry and frustrated at the NC State 2021, like just sure. an absolute screw job by yeah. the NCAA. And, and what felt the only shining light about it is that I would say 90% of the country was on our side. I mean, yeah. like you could tell, like the support on Twitter, um, the viewership just dropped tremendously for the rest of that college world series because people were just so upset about state getting choked out like
1: that imagine buying a ticket to that game because you're an acc guy living in nebraska and you find out as you're waking up like i am so glad normally i have a i have a really bad tendency of when i'm planning for a trip i wake up i shower and i go and i don't look at my phone i just get up and go and like and (laughs) like just wing it (laughs) and for nebraska dude like I, i kid you i live right off of interstate 80 and Nick obviously can now kind of imagine what I'm talking about because I obviously showed yeah. him a little bit of the Nebraska life. You get on and you just go straight. And then you see the ballpark yeah. and you exit. So you don't even need a GPS. You just throw on some music and you roll. Like, and I remember I was like, let me just check my phone. I think I wanted to check it because I wanted to see, like, because obviously I see State was, you know, not banged up, but like only had so many guys play the night before. Yeah. You know, I was like, I wonder who's cleared to play. That's all I wanted to look at, and then I was like, "What is this picture from three o'clock in the morning? What what am I yeah. missing?" I mean, this is before like Nick had joined the ACC. This like podcast, so it was kind of just me, and I never was really deep diving ACC baseball, even though I was following it as a fan. And I'll I'll never forget. Like, and then the best part was that Omaha's like, "Well, we can refund it, or we can like apply it to like a credit for a, a future no, year," and I'm like. I'm going for this game, like, yeah. like Virginia's it, been eliminated now, so I have no reason to like. I'm not coming back to watch SEC versus SEC like last year. Nick and I left as soon as Wake got eliminated because I'm not paying three hundred dollars to watch yeah. Florida LSU. Like that's great baseball, don't get me wrong, but I'm not paying that much to like because like they would have given me a credit, but all it would have been was okay because that ticket was sixty dollars. The championship game's two hundred. You still got to pay one forty to go. It's like. Yeah, no, absolutely it, not. It,
0: it was a lot of pain. It was a lot of pain, but the NC state, but uh, I would say I was toying with my head again, like in terms of 49ers losses since 2011, I think this one definitely hurts the most because like this eclipsed 2013 NFC championship when we lost to the Seahawks and Richard Sherman did his thing. Like that one, re- that one was like number one because it was our rivals uh, but this like over time, I could almost taste it. I really thought that this was the year like when when Brock got hurt in the NFC championship last year, like that one in terms, now I know what it feels like to get destroyed. I'd much rather get destroyed in those types of games. Um, but when Brock got hurt and you know, the Super Bowl ended, I was like, you know what Th- this is the year. like we're gonna have everybody. everyone's gonna be healthy. Brock's gonna have another year under his belt. Like, this is it. This, I could almost taste it. This one definitely hurt the most. But I was definitely the most frustrated. Like, I don't know if you've seen my Twitter page, uh, Grace, like my personal one. I was so mad at the NCAA baseball that they blocked me. They <laughs> they they blocked me. I were I had their tweet notifications on and I was Mr. Reply Guy, just getting hundreds of likes, just trolling them throughout the rest of the week until oh, like I see
2: that. that's your pin tweet. I love it. It's
0: my pin tweet. It's been my pin tweet for like three years now. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and Nick, so Nick, Nick it, likes. That's getting... how mad I was. I turned on their tweet notifications, and by the time um, the series had ended, like Mississippi State had won, they had
1: blocked me. I always forget that you're blocked by the College World Series, Nick. That's and that's amazing too because uh so Grayson last year he was on the Jumbotron, did a little trivia game at the College World Series. So man, if I would have remembered that, Nick, next this year we're printing out that tweet. And if you're getting picked for a game, I'm just gonna hold the tweet up behind you. That just shows that you're blocked by the college <laughs> world. Series.
2: They're gonna have like a no fly list up in the press box with your face on it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Dave,
0: super bowl. Like, uh, I, yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. that for yeah, so if state takes I'm
2: it back, do you have to make a burner?
0: <laughs> so, the funny thing is, I did make a burner, I made a burner, <laughs> and I think my profile or like my avatar picture was uh, Brian Bosworth wearing the communist t-shirt oh, yeah double a TAA communist t-shirt so i made a burner and that thing lasted like <laughs> two days and then the um then they blocked it again so i deleted the account but i did make a burner
1: <laughs> yeah, i do i do burners wrong i have a burner account shout out to mclovin with like 12 numbers after it and it's uh john means uh the mustache picture if y'all ever saw that on a zoom call yeah. had this really creepy mustache where he's like this in it um, but I only literally never tweet on, I literally just use it to follow only a sports count. because uh, this sounds awful, but there are people that I follow on my personal Twitter that I genuinely do not want to follow, but in the yeah. world of networking, you know, you just kind of follow them cause they followed you and you're like, I get you it, never yeah. know if they might want you to like work for them or something, but I could care less that their dog ate a pretzel today. Like I just don't <laughs> care. I wanted to see sports stuff. Um, but that's actually really funny. Well, anyways. Guys, this was awesome. We get to actually watch baseball this weekend. No more what is coming out of a report. We get to kind of use our own eyes and our own judgment to to kind of do stuff. I don't know if I've looped you guys in. I mentioned it in our group chat, but I am going to be leading up our ACC power rankings for College Baseball Central. So you'll be getting a form on Sunday to fill out. Um, It's a drop-down list, so it should be easy. No typos. You just select who you want, 1 through 14. Uh, Can't wait to see NC State at one after they, you know, just shocked the world with that major sweep of VCU. Um, No, I kid, but obviously looking forward to it, guys. Grayson, thank you again for coming on. Um, This was awesome. And, you know, obviously, Grayson, you have to remember, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country, um, especially when it comes to weekend series against teams that are relevantly good at baseball. And as always, go ACC.